Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast. We believe that God has given us stories to bring Him glory and encourage others through their struggles. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we discuss our stories and faith and the lessons we have learned. Welcome to the second to last episode of the Lessons Learned Podcast. I am sitting in my car with a fresh coffee from the mill in Comox. And I'm sitting here with Candace, and we are just, my home wasn't available to record in, and so we decided to take the car down to the marina and just sit here and have a coffee and have a chat. So, hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear your story. Oh, tell me about yourself. Who are you? Who, Who am, am I? That's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who is Candace? Um who am I? I grew up in Comox. This is my hometown. Uh, I grew up here. I left home about 18. I was 18 at the time. Went to Trinity Western. Grew up in a Christian family. Uh, my dad was, wasn't was a Christian my whole life. He became a Christian more so into my later teen years. Mm-hmm. But he was always involved with my church. And, and we, um, yeah, so I, I just grew up in the church, grew up in a family that knew God and knew who he was. And yeah. uh, I always wanted to pursue that but I didn't really know where I was going with that and so I went to Trinity I thought you know a good Christian girl go to Trinity Western (laughs) get a Christian education it was really important to me and um, while I was over there I went through a bunch of stuff and and just fell away from my walk with God and I I just got to a point where I was done with being a Christian and I walked away from him at about the age of between the ages of 19 to 21 mm. so I started doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing and right. and uh, ended up just you know I just said to him your plan isn't what I want for my life so <laughs> I'm gonna go that do sounds it familiar yeah <laughs> I'm gonna go do it my way yeah. so um yeah. I just remember vividly saying that to him and I knew he was there I knew he existed but yeah. I just I was done with waiting for him right do you think that falling away from God at that point was do you think that was a sign of like an attack because you had a powerful direction? I think that that I had been chipped away at for a long time. Mm. You know, there there's when you're when you're a young Christian and you don't know you've, your faith has never been tested. Yeah. So you just take on what you think you should do and and I was very much a person of this is the right thing to do so I'm going to do it sure. when I was growing up and um I just came to the point where I no longer wanted to live that life because it didn't feel real to me. Right. Yeah. It wasn't genuine and personal to you. It was just something that you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's how how my faith was too when I was younger. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't just that. It was that I I was getting in. I got into a couple of relationships with people who weren't healthy to be in Mm. relationships with and I want I started to desire things that I shouldn't have been desiring um and just not not really my my faith seemed to be more of a bl- a block to what I thought I needed and wanted mm. and so I I was willing to let it go at that point in time right right so what kind of stuff did you become involved in at that point at that point I just decided that I was just going to walk away from from doing what I n- knew or felt God wanted me to do mm-hmm. and I was just going to go and I was just going to 
be with whoever I wanted to be with and do whatever I wanted to do. And um, I just got into a lot of bad relationships with people mm-hmm. and and just did a lot of like sexual promiscuity and things like that. Sure. And it wasn't healthy, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't good. Uh, and it escalated to the point where I got involved with someone who I didn't know was married. Right. And wow. I when I found that out, that really, really destroyed me mm-hmm. because I I started to realize why it was so important that we need to not have sex before marriage, right. why we need to not do go that direction. It wasn't it. I mean, it's it's not good for us to do that anyway, but the the repercussions of doing that spread so much farther to other people that we may never even meet in our lives. Sure. And it was just like, wow, I, you know, I, I was part of the reason that this family broke apart. Right. And, and part of the reason that these children's father, um, just, just left the, his wife and, and it was just mm-hmm. watching all that unfold. And I had, I tried to break up with him before anything could happen but the damage was done sure. and when I so when he told me that he was actually married and stuff and I didn't break up right away and I should have and I, I just I still regret that mm. uh, just trying just and I couldn't there was nothing I could do to fix it mm. the damage was done and so that was really a turning point mm. to some extent okay. and it turning for you at that point it was turning into like sin a sinful lifestyle is that what you're saying or that was a turning point where it was like oh crap I've gone too far I need to correct this it was a turning point of this is way too far like I I I need to reassess this and I didn't stop all my behaviors at that point in time right um it took it took the next relationship to really turn me around right yeah and what was the next what was the next step what was that next relationship the next relationship was the man who's actually now my ex-husband, and he and I met in a greenhouse in uh, in back when I lived in Langley. He was building greenhouses in the back, and I was working there, mm-hmm. and um, and I ended up getting laid off because it was a seasonal job. So I his boss offered me a job, and and I said sure, you know I need work. So I started working with them, helping build greenhouses, and he and I got to know each other a little bit better. And at one point in time, he. He had to go back to Mexico soon, and he said to me, you know, I really like you, and I'd like to see you again, so will you marry me? And and at that point in time, because of all the things I had done before, I just felt like I was just worthless, and no, this is my one shot, and no one's going to love me. And so I said yes, and, and it wasn't, and it was, you know, I was willing to be in that relationship with him. I was willing to love him. I was willing to, to build a family with him. And um, and so I said yes. And about a month later, he had to leave. And at that point in time, um, we we knew we were probably pregnant. Right. So uh, he left and he went to back to where he was from. And and uh, I I went and visited my family for Christmas and I was pretty certain I was pregnant. And uh, I just remember my uncle was on the couch and my cousin and and her fiance were on the couch, too. And she was six months pregnant at the time and and um he said to me so when's it your turn he said to me and i was like what are you talking about and and i'm (laughs) going in my head i'm like in about nine months (laughs) 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 and um and when i got back to langley i took the pregnancy test and yeah sure enough i was pregnant and uh did the hardest phone call of my life Mm. 
with my parents and um it was it was not an easy call but Mm. at that point in time that knowing I was going to be responsible for this life knowing that I was going to be raising a child I started to really think about what God really meant to me Mm. and that was about the time where I went I want my child to know God Mm -hmm. and then the next thought came well then you got to start living it right and and so I started to really make changes to how I was living. Right. It wasn't it wasn't a overnight thing. Um, I you know I I ended up going to Mexico in June I think it was and got married mm-hmm. to my husband and he wasn't very th- he wasn't really into it and it was quite obvious that he wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. But um, we had to get him back up here because he hadn't been here legally. He'd been here illegally working for about oh nine months. Okay. Okay. And uh, so that was a that was a big struggle. Mm-hmm. And when he finally was able to come up in January of the f- of the following year, so we've been married for about six and a half months when right. he was finally allowed to come up. Right. Um, he stayed for about thirteen days, and he decided he didn't want to do it. Right. But it was kind of a it was kind of obvious throughout the whole the whole year that he wasn't really into it, and mm-hmm. so uh, it was. I remember at one point in time, I had said to my mom during my pregnancy, I said, you know, if I have to do this alone, I'll do it alone. Right. And and mm-hmm. really making that stand. And um, but he had said that he was willing to be to be married. So. Right. So I'd gone through with all that. But yeah. So he yeah, he had said he was. So you went through with it thinking that, you know, regardless of how this looks, he did say he wanted to. So you got married carrying his child. So he was Mexican. He was from Mexico. That's correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. What are those changes that you made knowing that you were pregnant, knowing that you wanted to raise your child as a Christian or in a Christian home? Um, what are those changes that you started making in your life? Well, I started studying the Bible more. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I'd always wanted to do was read the Bible all the way through. And I, I hadn't really, I didn't really jump into it that well. I mean, at Trinity, you study the Old and New Testament and stuff, but I, I wanted to really get deeper into the studying part and um, getting Christian friends and things like that was really important. And yeah. so when I when I came back um, after my husband had left me, and and I knew I was like, you know, I could walk away right now, but mm-hmm. it, in my heart I was like, but I know who God is, and mm-hmm. and I've already, I you know, like I because of the weight of what had happened before that relationship, um, the weight of knowing how far I had gone in being sinful and in, in all the things that I did, mm. I was able to say, you know, to a certain extent, I took ownership of this is actually good for me to recognize, you know, there's somebody down in Mexico whose life, who feels the same way I do right now mm-hmm. because of me. Mm-hmm. And I need to recognize that and really just took ownership of, of that pain and just said, you know, this, th- it might not seem fair, but in a way it was fair. Mm-hmm. And it was really God shaping my heart to say, mm-hmm. look at what you've done and, and w- how you really need to repent of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how, how, like, I know that doesn't sound right right now, but, the, but, just a conviction that I've hurt somebody to this extent mm. and but God is there and he has grace and he has mercy and and he has love and and so it was just a re- um, in a way it was a healing process as well mm-hmm. so yeah you felt that um, 
So you felt as though you had hurt your husband. Is that correct? No, I, I was thinking about the person, the wife of, of the man oh who I'd yes. been involved with. Yes. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Sorry. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. You just put the more focus on your relationship with the Lord and and correcting and asking for repentance for behavior. Is that yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff oh, it's so tough coming to a realization of what you've done and and asking for forgiveness for what you've done. It's tough but it's so good. You know, like I in my life and my um running away from the Lord too. Like I caused a lot of damage. I did I did a lot of damage. And not only in my family's life, but in my own life and then in other people's lives that I was involved in. And it sure that awakening moment sure is humbling when you realize what you've done and you you just you know, I wanna say beg for forgiveness and although I was like I was you know, just praying so hard for forgiveness. It wasn't, I felt like God wasn't putting, and he doesn't, he doesn't put condemnation on you. He doesn't condemn you. And I didn't feel like he, he was doing that, but I felt, I guess, a level of guilt just in order to acknowledge what I had done. It wasn't overwhelming, but it was awareness of what had happened. Yeah, it was it was real. It was a real conviction, and yeah, and it, it really, it it really did come from the Holy Spirit. It was yes. it wasn't um, it wasn't a shame. Like I, yeah, you yeah. feel shame to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't detract from the love that God has for you, mm-hmm. and just walking through that. And it it took it's taken it took me four years before I did file for divorce, and I'd had to file for divorce because he wasn't going to. And he was in other relationships. My ex-husband was in other relationships with other people in Mexico. And I was sitting there going, okay, our marriage is gone. Mm-hmm. Like you, you walked away from it. You don't want it. So why am I holding on to that piece of paper? Mm-hmm. Um, why don't I just break it legally? Because then I have sole custody of my daughter and I'm able to make the decisions for her because he, without his, without his consent, because he wasn't taking any ownership of that at all. Right. Yeah, that is really tough, hey? It was hard, and in a way, I guess I was almost selfish. It was happy because I had all of that as well. Right. Like, I was, it was, I was blessed that I have her, mm-hmm. and I was blessed that I got to have that direction over her as well. Mm-hmm. It would have yeah. been nice to have him be a part of it, but um, it, it was difficult as well. Yeah. Well, you can't force someone to do something. No. And so he clearly was, you know, two countries south of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and um, and you're not able to force somebody into it. So that's you made the choice that you had to in order to raise your daughter in a way that was healthy for both of you. Explain to me the process, I guess, somewhat of the process of the divorce. More so your emotions about it, because you felt like you had heard from God about it. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of things throughout that whole process that I just, you could just see God's hand in. Mm-hmm. Um, about two years after he had left, he had phoned once before, and it was on our daughter's birthday, actually, and, and he had phoned once before, and, and I had asked him, do you want to talk to her on the phone? And I mean, she was only about she was about a year old or whatever and mm-hmm. and he, he 
did not want to talk to her at all, which was really heartbreaking. He just wanted to talk to me, and I'm not, I can't even remember what that was all about. I think he needed money or something, and, and I didn't send him any. Um, but the second time around, he called me about a, a t- another eight or nine months after that, mm-hmm. and he said, I want to come up, and I want to make it up to you. But he w- wanted to go and work in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and I said, it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It's about the time, and it's about you know us being a family. And, mm-hmm. and I said, if you're serious about that, then... Um, and you send something for your daughter like just send me anything I don't care what it is like mm-hmm. send me ten dollars I don't care what it is just send something to show that you're serious about wanting to be part of our family and mm-hmm. stuff and he didn't send anything and um you know I, I had prayed about that as well and I said Lord like just show me his heart yeah. and just show me his heart and um and I was on Facebook and I came across something on Facebook where it was a picture of him with this girl and and it was like it was so obvious that he was with her Mm. and I confronted him on it and he said oh well she's just a friend and I Mm. said no you guys are you know like you're you're putting sun 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 lotion on her and you're you're holding hands with her and it's just really obvious you guys are a couple like you didn't even do those types of things with me and stuff and he's so yeah he he was with her and um and it was just it was heartbreaking, but it was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's the answer that to that prayer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I had had a dream as well throughout the process that God had, um, that I, that I was trying to, to reconcile with Him, and He, and I found this computer, and on the computer were all these, all these different women. There was about three different women on the computer that He was related, that He He w- had relations with. And there was this old lady, and and she seemed to be some sort of witch or some sort of witchcraft involved or something. And mm-hmm. and he just was just like completely overpowered by this. And um, and I was trying to lift him up, and I couldn't, and I couldn't bring him out of it. And and it was just he was just bringing me down. And I just woke up, and I was like, I just felt that I just needed to let him go mm-hmm. and just let it go. And 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 just let God take control. And, mm-hmm. and around that time, um, God gave me a verse from Isaiah. I think it was either Isaiah 56 verse four or Isaiah 54 verse six. And, and it was talks about how, um, God is going to be the husband to Israel and he's going to provide for them and he's going to take care of them. And, mm-hmm. and he was saying to me, I'm going to be your husband. Yeah. I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. And, and it was just like, okay, so, yeah. you know, I need to move forward with this. And, and so it was, it was four years in, and I finally said, I need to just file for divorce here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really tough call. It really is a tough call. Yeah. So I asked you some tough questions at Starbucks when we first met. Can I ask you that again? Sure. I was just wondering if he ever came back and asked for another chance, if you would be willing to consider that. And I said no. Yeah. And the reason I said no is because... For one thing, he's married again, right. <laughs> so <laughs> he has, and he has another child in Mexico. And just knowing that God has asked me to just leave that, mm-hmm. to just say, this is this is done, this is the past. Um, that's part of the reason. The other reason is his character. Right. Um, he's looking back. There were a lot of red flags, a lot of red flags about his character that I should have recognized that he wasn't a good person to to want to be with mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. um and i don't i'm not trying to be disrespectful in that towards him i mean no. he 
it, but but f- he wasn't the kind of man that I really wanted to to be in a family with. Sure. Um, and that should have been obvious to me. Right. But because I had walked away from God, because I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing, mm-hmm. um, at that point in time in my life, I didn't care. But now it's different. Mm-hmm. So he he isn't he doesn't have that relationship with Christ, and he doesn't have that relationship with God, and and so I would say no. Right. Yeah. And do you and you think that because of where you were with your relationship with Christ, as in not really having one at that point, that was what blinded you to those parts of his character and allowed you to be involved with someone who wasn't quite there? Uh, partly. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of self-esteem issues as well. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, I, I had a lot of self-esteem issues growing up. And, and just, I've been, I, you know, I try to make sense of everything and, and it doesn't make sense in the lens that I have now. Mm. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever mm. and it just looks like absolute foolishness, no. which is what it was. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally but get but it. at the same time, I, I think that there's there's a lot to be said for how we how we treat people when they're certain ages mm. versus how we treat adults and and that a lot of times people don't take kids seriously and so we grow up not being taken seriously and so we think that that's how people will treat us for the rest of our lives and sure. i think that 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 did play a bit of a part of it and, and as well so right. yeah yeah coming out of that and recognizing that that's been something that you've been aware of and working on and and whatever i would assume and god started to heal in your life yeah oh definitely yeah. he's yeah. definitely given me a lot more self confidence and the older I I get, the more I realize why old people are the way they are. Cranky? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just oh. don't care what other people think of oh them. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's just one of those, you know, I I need to stop caring about what other people's opinion of me is so much, because it, it's 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 really I think there's a lot of what the devil has in that mm-hmm. is making us yeah. care more about what the world thinks of us than than the truth that we should be living. Yeah. That's very true, isn't it? Have you ever taken the Enneagram personality test? Uh, I took the Myers-Briggs one. Okay. Yeah. We got to get you taking the Enneagram. (laughs) I just love it. I love it so much. But with you saying that you are concerned about what other people think and everything, it just makes me wonder what type you are with that one, and I wonder what it would say about that. Oh, interesting. You should take it. It's, It's amazing. I love it. I love it so much. I am a type four. And when I read the description and listened to a podcast about my type, I was laughing because it was so accurate. It was not even funny. Like, well, it was obviously funny because I was laughing, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was like 100% on the money. How many types are there? Uh, there's nine. Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird number. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Actually, <laughs> that's pretty like 16 or 12. Or no, no, there's <laughs> nine. So you can be, your you have a main type and then you have a wing. So you're, you know, whatever that means. I, I don't know very much about that, but you know my cousin, she's pretty obsessed with this thing. So you can talk to her about <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, we'll get, you, we'll get you taking it and maybe we'll put your results up here. What is the biggest thing you've learned in this whole process about your relationship with God? Wow. Okay. <laughs> the biggest thing I've learned about my relationship with God is that it doesn't depend on other people. Right. Um, I, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on with me. P- I mean, past the divorce and everything and, and 
God has really brought me to a place where it's just me and him, if that makes sense. Mm. And he just shows me that, you know, he's there. He loves me. He cares for me. He provides for me. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to just the love that he has for me and my relationship with him doesn't depend on other people. It doesn't depend on all the Christianese things. It doesn't depend on um, going to Bible study every every week or or being as involved as you can in your church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't d- it doesn't depend on on um you know reading all the verses, the right verses and memorizing it all. Mm-hmm. It it's it's the relationship you have with him. It's not what you do. Yeah. And and I think that that was a big thing learning that was was you know I can do all the right things, but if I don't really focus on him, I think I think the biggest thing he's really brought into me is the prayer life that I have now right oh that's really cool I like that so first of all let's touch on it's not so much what you do but it's your relationship with him Mm -hmm. I love that I I posted an Instagram picture of that um that topic the other day because that's so true like I think we all just try to do the right thing we try to like be the perfect person or the you know make the right decisions or promote ourselves on Instagram or Facebook or any social media platform in a certain way to do something, to be someone special. And really it's not about that. It's about our relationship with God. It's about the intimacy we have between him and I. So tell me about your, about your prayer life. One of the things that, um, one of the things I always wanted to be. And when I was going to my old church was we had these ladies who always met together and they prayed once a week and everything. And a lot of people called them prayer warriors. And mm. I was like, that's so cool. I want to be a prayer warrior. <laughs> I want to be a warrior. I want to, I want to pray and, and I want to have that relationship with God kind of thing. Mm. And, um, so one of the convictions that God gave me over the last eight years, I guess it has been, it's been about eight years now, um, was that I really needed to to make that a priority. Right. And so he gave me opportunity. I was working, I worked for the school district, and um, I was working for Puntledge, and it's very near my church. Puntledge Park is very near my church. And yeah. so I didn't have to pick my daughter up from school until 2.45, and I would get off at 2. So I'd had about 20 minutes. I could drive up to my church, park in the parking lot, pray, and then go to my go to my daughter's school and pick her up. And yeah. so I started to do that on a regular basis. Cool. And then I started to feel like I needed to go into the prayer room and start praying in the prayer room. And so um, the next year I ended up working at the school right across the road from my church. And I was like, this was just God bringing this opportunity to me. Mm-hmm. And so I started praying in the prayer room or praying in the sanctuary. Or there's a staircase that's behind the sanctuary, which is... Just, I don't know, I just one day was walking down the staircase and I felt like this was where God wanted me to pray. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm going to pray there as well. And so I just, wherever I feel like he wants me to That's pray in the really church, cool. I would just go across the road and just pray there. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just such a great experience of being able to go to my church every day and mm-hmm. pray there and just pray and focus on, on being in his presence and, and praying for the th- the needs that I knew were going on in in this g- community or in the school or in mm-hmm. the church and things and and so I had about 3 years of being able to, to do that every single break that I had wow so and and then I j- I do it now more on a regular basis um 
my daughter has piano lessons, so while she's at piano lessons, I drive to my church and pray for about 20 minutes, and I go pick her up from piano lessons. So oh, that's so great. So it, it's just been a really good discipline, because yeah. prayer really is a discipline. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really is. Yeah, that's so great that you're that dedicated and passionate about it, that you set aside time to go somewhere and do that specifically. I like that. Oh, and I, I just... Some days it's like my heart, like I can't wait until my daughter's piano lessons. Really? Because <laughs> it's just like, I just need this. I just need to be in his presence. Aww. And and yeah, I've been trying, you know, you try to do it at home sometimes, but there's so many distractions there. So it's really good to try to find a place that's, you're not going to be like, oh, I have to fold the laundry or I have to do the dishes and sure. just find that place where you're not going to be distracted. Right. Oh, I love that. I love that a lot. And isn't that such a great feeling where you're just like, you can't wait to be close to God, like, or to be like talking to him. You can't wait for those moments. I love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other habits that you have in your faith? I've, I've been, uh, I fell away from it a little bit now, but, um, for a while I did read through my Bible Mm -hmm. fully. It took, uh, it took two years. So I was reading it every day. And, and so I'm, I've switched versions because I like, one of the things I really want to do is to study more of to get more deep, Mm -hmm. deep in the scripture. And so with the Bible study that I go to, um, that I help co-lead on Wednesday nights, we we're we're going through the book of Luke right now. Cool. And we went through half of Ezekiel and we're going to be going through Acts after we go through Luke. So, um, but it's been really a cool experience to really delve deeper into the scripture. And we, we really, we jumped into some of the harder passages. Like, uh, I think it's second Timothy where everybody says, Oh, well, women can't be in ministry because of this passage. And we really looked at that and we're like, no, this is more about marriage. It's not really about women in leadership. And it's just, um, it, it was really interesting to go through that and yeah. really find out what other people are saying about that passage and what scholars are saying about that passage yeah. and, and just really cool to, yeah. to jump into those harder passages and go through them and do research on them. And cool. I love so, it. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I think there's a website I th- or there is a website. I think it's called logos. Okay. And it helps, it helps you kind of break down different verses and, and has the Hebrew, the Greek, and definitions that go along with it and versus link to it and it's it's really great oh that would it be good it might actually be an app rather than just a website oh okay i'll yeah. have to check that out so yeah you should that, that'd be something i'd be definitely interested i know in. it definitely sounds like something you would like yeah you should look into that i love um super in-depth things and intellectual not too intellectual <laughs> that you can't understand it but like theological and and deep information especially about the bible i love it i think it's just fascinating and i love how it gives us a more rounded view of different verses that that maybe society has created to mean something else or to say something else just like that verse about women being in ministry and sarah i just mentioned this in our last podcast on friday um, but sarah bessie have you heard of her book called jesus feminist no you need to read it (laughs) (laughs) i think you would like it it's really really good and it's just an incredible read like really nice to read and and challenging and i mean even i read it and i loved it and i i think that she has her ducks in a row i think that she's she knows what she's talking about but even if she's not a hundred percent theologically correct just the challenge and the difference of opinion that it has than than what we've been raised with 
is is giving us a more rounded view of what those kind of verses and what women in the church are all about. And I think that in itself is good just to challenge that opinion of, of how we've been raised because w- I think that we've really been holding women back and I think we have a lot of power and and that we need to have more of a, of a voice in the church. Oh, I definitely agree that we need to have more of a voice in the church. It's uh, It's... I always, I sometimes feel like I'm a feminist that way, but it's, it, I'm not. I, I just look at it and I go, we're doing something wrong here. Yeah. Like we, when, when everything is discipleship for men, discipleship for men. And I'm like, no women need discipleship too. Yeah. Um, not to knock my church, but the women's ministry stuff is, is, is more to do with household things or sure. um, like fashion and that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, that's fun to get together and do those things, but we need discipleship. Yeah. We need to go deeper. We need to to really put an emphasis more on building our faith and mm-hmm. not just, you know, having these fun big parties and things. But yeah. um, and and I, I I mean that's what I see in a lot of churches, and yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. but I just feel like we're lacking something in in our in our theological growth. Yeah, I think that there's that's historically what has been happening in the church for women. But I do think that there's a movement happening right now where women are challenging that. And I think with with everything that's happening in society for women, I think like the Me Too movement and um, gender discrimination and all of those types of things that are happening, I think that people are being forced to recognize how they are treating women, even if it is subconsciously. And I think that will in turn affect the church. And I think that's wonderful because I think the church needs a bit of a shakeup and it needs to become more aware of how they've been treating women in the past and limiting them and how we can involve them more in ministry. And I just look around and see all of the women with such incredible power and so such amazing stories and talent and ambition and passion. And I just... I think it's phenomenal, and I think we need those people as leaders in our churches. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is there anything else with your story that you wanted to share? Anything that was that was on your mind? Um, no, I think I've said most of it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, there's there's a lot to tell, but yeah. but I think I've I've said the gist of it. And yeah. I, I I I think we just need to go forward and just say. This is this is where I'm at. This is where my life is. But mm-hmm. God is constant. God is in charge. And mm-hmm. and you know, like we have those. I have those meltdown moments. I mean, I had one on the weekend where you just you freak out and you just go, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I was I my daughter wasn't feeling well on Sunday, so I didn't go to church. But I have this uh, sermon series I watch on right now media, uh-huh. which is Acts by Matt Chandler. Oh, and he's so, so good. We're oh my gosh. we're in we were in Acts chapter three, and he goes. You know, you know what your problem is, is you're setting yourself up. You're, you're being, you're trying to be God and God's saying, that's not your throne. Mm-hmm. That's my throne. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. So I had this freak out moment and, and I'm sitting there going, and then Matt Chandler is just like, you're, yeah. you're trying to be your own God. And I'm like, yeah, that would be me. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like to be in control. I like to have that control and, and I know that about myself oh, and, yeah. um, preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> just, it's just, you know, like looking at my finances and freaking out because I'm like, I'm not saving as much as I wanted to or something like that. And mm-hmm. and then really for- forcing myself. I made myself go through my bank statements for the last year and just say, okay, what are you spending your money on? 
what is your budget for this? And how much are you spending on this? And, and then looking at it and going, okay, so there's money in this account and money in that account and money in this account. And my, my credit card's paid off. And, you know, just really forcing myself to say, okay, where were you 10 years ago? And, or yeah. 12 years ago or wherever. Yeah. And I'm like, ni- my 19 year old self is laughing at you. Yeah. My 19 year old self is like, my bank account is empty. I have $6 and I'm <laughs> digging <laughs> weeds out of the ground to make soup out of it. Like, yeah. so I <laughs> there is, there's a lot, you know, that, and you know, my I, 10 years ago, I was working double the, the amount of time I am now and making the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. But, um, now I'm working half the, that time and, and, I'm making enough and I'm able to spend the other time with my family and Mm -hmm. my, my daughter. And Mm -hmm. it's just awesome. So just putting things in perspective. I uh, remember after I had come back from, from my rebel years and I had had my amazing moment with God and he had told me to move back to my hometown and I was living with my parents and I remember sitting on the couch and I was just crying. My mom came in to the little sitting room and she was like she sat down with me and she's like what's going on and I started just venting how I was like 30 or you know around that age and I'm like I'm 30 years old and I've got nothing to my name and I have no money and I'm so broke I can't barely even pay bills I can't afford new clothes and I need new clothes and and I was just like going off and how frustrated I was with life and where I was at and I was just like, at 30 years old, society tells you you're supposed to have a house and you're supposed to have savings and RRSPs and you're supposed to have a good job or a career. And I'm like, I've got nothing of this. Om- the only thing I have, I'm living with my parents. I literally had no belongings, none. My car was just a rundown piece of crap. It's not, but we call it Little MC, <laughs> and it is just, um, it's MC stands for Miracle Car, because it literally is a miracle that it's still running and somewhat okay, but um, yeah, I was just venting to my mom, and then I looked down at my Bible, and I started crying even more, just out of pure frustration, because I looked down to that verse that said, and it was seriously open to it and highlighted, and it just, that verse just jumped out at me, and it said, um, O ye of little faith. and I'm like I just started crying even harder and I'm like this isn't funny and then um and then it like I looked just glanced down again and again the verse popped up and it just said you know like if he clothes the flowers of the field how much more is he looking out for you and I was just it was hilarious and frustrating beyond belief at the same time don't <laughs> like, you hate it when he does that to you oh my gosh <laughs> i was so frustrated i was like okay i get it i get it <laughs> <laughs> a little reality check and it's just like oh man okay lord i get it yeah and then yeah and it's just like even when i was freaking out this past this past weekend and and i got to the point where i was like but i, I couldn't really convince myself that i should be freaking out you know what i mean it's just like you you're freaking out but in your back of your mind you're going why yeah why are you doing this yeah <laughs> it's it's you reacting to what the world is telling you you should or should not do or have and but in the back of your mind your conscience or the holy spirit's like i'm still here i got this what are you doing yeah. <laughs> you know you're being dumb <laughs> yes i've had many many moments like that <laughs> Um, thank you for sharing your story with us. 
I really, really appreciate hearing you and your walk with God and um, how he's worked in your life and your story. Like, I, th- I think it's really cool, really admirable that you have listened to his voice even when it's super tough and have been obedient and and how your passion and prayer life has really been um, really been growing and because of that obedience. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Lessons Learned Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged in your walk with the Lord. Feel free to send us an email with your stories or comments at LessonsLearnedPodcast at Outlook.com and pop over to iTunes to leave us a review. See you next time.